Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope everyone is enjoying their day so far. As we approach the midterm elections, uh, they are literally now nine days away. Uh, I think a lot of you are probably thinking, you know what? I hope these midterms come and go because we're sick and tired of hearing about these candidates. But, folks, I I am so interested in what is going to happen midterms to see how Americans feel about their country and about how their country is being read, uh, is being run. And the truth is uh, we've got a lot of problems in this country. The country has never been more divided, I think, other than the actual civil war. Uh, people are seeing things according to, you know, what they believe and their own truths, whatever that might be. When the reality is that we're in hard economic times, that we've got inflation at 8.3%, when we in some people's minds, are already in a recession with two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Crime is the number one issue in many areas across the country, but the economy pretty much trumps it all, the economy and inflation. So let's talk about the economy and inflation for a minute. When Donald Trump left office, Inflation was something like 1.2 or 3%. In less than two years, this president, Joe Biden, has gotten it up to 8.3%. When Donald Trump left office, gas was about $2 and something a gallon. Right now, it's up to $4 a gallon, and I should say down to $4 a gallon and going up. Although Joe Biden has begged the OPEC countries not to raise uh, the price until after the midterms. The truth, people are hurting because inflation, jobs and pay is not keeping up with inflation. People like Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan, everyone is predicting a very hard time coming up in January. So the issue is whether or not people recognize that this is the result, not just of a global issue, but as a result of an administration that is clueless. Clueless to them literally shutting down the development of fossil fuels in this country. And let's talk about crime. Crime is out of control. It's as bad as it was in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. It was under control until some jerk decided that we needed to have social justice. No one has defined social justice. I have no idea what it means. But social justice entails letting everybody out on bail, making sure that they get to walk the streets and reoffend. And if they get arrested again, they're allowed to walk the streets again. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of hearing of people who have been victimized by someone who has recently been out on, let out on cashless bail. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of DAs who don't want to prosecute crime, who make blanket statements. DAs like Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, who has decided that in a case like Jose Alba, the bodega guy, 
that that you know he didn't have a right to defend himself in his business. He had a knife in his arm, and he ends up killing uh, uh, the person who assaulted him and was uh, about to kill him. And yet the DA would have thrown him in jail for life had people not gotten involved. Americans are afraid to walk the very streets that they built. Senior citizens are not covered in the economy at all. We're paying for the loan bailout for kids who are living in an economy where jobs are available. The progressive left, I'm telling you folks, is taking down this country. I think there's no question but that Americans are fed up. They're fed up with not being energy independent. They're fed up with having to decide whether or not they're going to buy gas or food. And they're frightened not only about what's going to happen with gas and oil and heat in the winter, but they're afraid of the crime that is permeating our society, of criminals who feel that they are emboldened to reoffend because of the policies of the progressives. I don't know who thought of this nonsense, but whoever it is, ought to go back to the to under the rock that they came from. We had crime under control. We had safe streets. We had safe cities. And now it's like the Wild West. So uh, stay with us. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Up next on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we will be speaking, as I said, to former White House Press Secretary Kelly McEnany and candidate for Lieutenant Governor of New York, Allison Esposito. Coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is a Republican candidate for Lieutenant Governor of New York State, I'd like you to join me in welcoming Allison Esposito to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Uh, let me add that uh, our candidate for lieutenant governor that we have today as a guest, Allison Esposito, is a retired uh, deputy inspector of the New York City Police Department. Uh, she is following uh, in the famous footsteps of her father, NYPD Chief Michael Esposito. I have to bring that up, uh, not because she doesn't have her own uh, uh, history to rely on, but because I worked with Michael Esposito, and he was by far one of the best police chiefs in New York City. Uh, And so I am proud that you are running for Lieutenant Governor Allison. Uh, We watched a debate this past week where Lee Zeldin, the candidate for governor that you're running with, I believe absolutely uh, demolished Kathy Hochul. But how are you going to be spending the next couple of weeks before the election to try to convince New Yorkers to put you guys in office? Well, good morning, and thank you so much for having me. And my father absolutely sends his regards, Judge. Thank you. Um, Yes, uh, Lee Zeldin, our candidate for governor, our future governor, definitely uh, he was amazing during the debate the other night. He wanted to talk about everything that would matter to New Yorkers, crime, public safety, your children's education, and the economy. Uh, and Kathy Hochul wanted to talk about the former president, and, and she wanted to tout a record that doesn't exist. And Lee Zeldin was passionate and committed and intelligent. It was an amazing debate. Well, as I, for the next 12 days, for the next twelve days, it is all out. We are going everywhere throughout the state 
getting our message out, making sure people know that they are heard, understanding that there's uh, two, there are two individuals now in Lee Zeldin and myself that want to put people before power, and we want to get rid of the ruling elite in Albany that think they know best. Well, the amazing part of the debate, Lieutenant Governor candidate Allison Esposito, was when I call her the accidental governor, uh, Kathy Hochul. She said, you know, uh, uh, anyone who commits crimes under our laws uh, uh, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I can't imagine anyone as clueless, tone deaf or plain out stupid who is running for governor of New York who can ask another candidate running for governor why crime is so important when crime is rampant, it's up by 40%, and she is part of the progressive party that is, you know, that is supporting these cashless bail laws, that is supporting these progressive DAs. Absolutely. Uh, She was smug, elitist, and out of touch. Why is it so important to him? Why is it so important to any New Yorker? Well, just a couple of weeks ago, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, his daughters were in their home and doing their homework when a drive-by gang shooting visited their front porch. <laughs> we have people being thrown into sub- onto subway tracks by repeat offenders. We have our officers going out every day removing illegal firearms, loaded illegal firearms off the waistband of criminals, sometimes two, three, and four times. And those criminals are back in the precinct collecting their property to go home before my cops were even done processing the arrest. Why is it so important? Because government's number one job is to provide public safety for their people. And they are failing miserably. So she had no other recourse but to stand there and look out of touch and elitist and I know best. It well, was an absolutely ridiculous comment. Uh, one of the things that, that Lee Zeldin is talking about uh, is the fact, Lieutenant Governor candidate Allison Esposito, is the fact that he has a strong message on the economy. He's not just someone who's got, you know, a law enforcement approach. I mean, this guy's been in Congress for uh, seven or eight years. So uh, talk to us about your approach with him on the economy. No, he's absolutely not just law and order. He's an incredibly well-rounded candidate uh, who knows what the needs of the New York people are. We are leading the way in New York in population loss. That is absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the most beautiful states in the country. People should be banging down our doors to get in. We are overtaxing the middle class. We are overtaxing everyone out of existence. We are over-regulating small businesses. We have a war on energy, natural energy in New York. Uh, Lee Zeldin believes that we should be enacting tax cuts. We should be supporting small businesses and we should be much more business friendly. We should stop this, this ban on energy and be approving new pipelines. We can be safely extracting our natural resources across the southern tier and bringing back jobs and economy to this state. It's absolutely ludicrous that those in Albany with the the I know best mentality are insisting that people who are struggling to put food on their table or or gas in their car are saying, don't worry about it. Go buy an $80,000 electric vehicle to which we don't have the grid to support right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's just an out of touch. It's an out of touch approach at government governing and New Yorkers are sick of it.
Well, you know what? New Yorkers are also sick of the fact Lieutenant Governor Candidate Allison Esposito uh, uh, with Lee Zeldin for governor. Uh, what They're also sick of the fact that she is involved in pay-to-play activities that we keep hearing about. You can say one, maybe two, but, but this is like an in-your-face New Yorkers paying double the price for a COVID test as anywhere else in the country. And then, you know, as a result of a contract, no bid that she gave out to someone who did a fundraiser for us, for her. Talk to us about that. Well, I believed that when Kathy Hochul took over for the corrupt Governor Cuomo, that we would have somebody who just kind of was a placeholder until the next election. Mm -hmm. I never anticipated she would be far worse than he is. She had to do four years of fundraising in 14 months, and boy, did she make use of our tax money to do it. She gave a no bid by extending her COVID emergency powers more than two years after COVID hit. She was still every 30 days extending these powers. She was able to give a no bid government contract to a wealthy campaign campaign donor who gave her $300,000. She in turn gave him $630 plus million dollar contract to get COVID testing at 45% more for New York taxpayers than someplace like California was paying because of a middleman. This is absolute scandal and corruption, and she has no way to even justify it. New Yorkers should be fed up with the corruption. It's time to bring integrity back to their leadership and back to their elected offices. We forgot that. We've had corruption for so long. Do you know that if when Lee and I get elected, We propose something incredibly strange for New York, that on January 1st, we raise our right hands and we commit to serving and leading the people of New York. And get this, in four years, without scandal or arrest or corruption, we're still in the same place. Well, and the amazing part is her candidate for lieutenant governor was indicted within a couple of months. And she thought he was just great. I think he was one of the people involved in... uh... Uh, one of the progressive issues, I don't know if it was the cashless bail, but let, let me move on with that. Let's talk about that Buffalo Stadium, $600 million for the stadium, uh, and, and her husband runs the concessions. Talk talk about that. Her pay-to-play scandal with this Buffalo Stadium, again, is ridiculous. It's more corruption coming out of her office for money. It's It, it goes beyond what even New Yorkers would say, oh, it's just the, the normal political nonsense. This is pay-to-play after pay-to-play after pay-to-play, and she's the only one benefiting it. Well, that's it is amazing, and, you know, I've heard other things as well about her coming to Westchester County and raising money from people who need favors. This is a woman mm-hmm. who is not interested in the people of the state of New York, Kathy Hochul. She is a woman who is interested in getting elected and making money along the way. And that is a sad commentary. But that we had a lieutenant, uh, an attorney general who could investigate this. You know, Lee Zeldin is a family man. He is a man who is uh, is committed to the people of this country. You also have put your life on the line for 25 years, Alison Esposito. And, you know, it is it is in the people's best interest, as far as I'm concerned, for the two of you to get into the mansion, the governor's mansion, or to be in at the helm of New York State. And at the end of the day, what we've got is New Yorkers either continuing the corruption in Albany, either continuing the, uh, you know, the tone deaf reaction to crime or two people who can actually make a difference. And my concern is that Kathy Hochul only agreed to one debate with Lee Zeldin. 
I mean, he was on fire. He was focused. He was on the issues. And she just gave some pat kind of, you know, pre-rehearsed answers where the one-liners came out just where she thought they should go. Polls are showing that Lee Zeldin is within a point. Uh, It is a statistical heat uh, in some of the polls with Kathy Hochul. And I believe that if, you know, New York City is as affected by crime as I think it is, that's where the election is won. Upstate supports Lee Zeldin. I'm from upstate. I'm from the southern tier. I am outraged at how the southern tier has become such a depressed area. And I'm so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so uh, uh, enriched when I hear that Lee Zeldin is wanting to go up there and make a difference in terms of the jobs and in terms of uh, making sure that the, uh, that the southern tier is recognized. But when New York City sees crime as one of the big issues, you know, a Democrat is not safe now in terms of a statewide election. No, no one is safe right now uh, on the city streets, so they shouldn't be safe in their seat in a statewide election. And Kathy Hochul makes the mistake of painting everybody in the state with the same broad brush. The policies that work in the southern tier do not work in New York City and vice versa. What works well in Buffalo or or, or Syracuse doesn't work so well in Nassau or Suffolk County. And she doesn't understand that. And right now, you're right, we need to be bringing uh, jobs back. But the city and their voting, right now you have uh, an all-time high, 25-year high in subway homicides. You have uh, 25 people that were pushed onto the subway just year to date, just this year. Mm -hmm. You have an unsafe situation in the city, and people realize it. People are holding their bags again like in the the 70s 70s. and 80s in front of them. Yeah, yeah. We we are dealing with a time where I, I got calls from my officers saying, you're never going to believe this, boss, but there's a car on cinder blocks. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's like we regressed so far yeah. back. And you're right. We need the city. You're right. We need there's a percentage of the city. I'm going for 15 percent higher than what we are targeting because I believe the city is sick of it. But what it is, is we have forgotten as New Yorkers that voting is not just a right. It's an obligation. It's a responsibility. It's a Mm -hmm. duty. And Mm -hmm. we are only turning out at 30 percent. If the whole state turned out at the percentage that we should be turning out, we wouldn't even need the cities. This is more of a red state with blue dots. Interesting. Allison Esposito, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I I truly appreciate it. Have a great day. We appreciate you. Take care. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a political commentator and author, and she served as White House Press Secretary for President Donald Trump. She is a woman who is fearless, uh, who is articulate, and uh, who I am delighted to say is a friend. Please join me in welcoming Kaylee McEnany to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Kaylee, uh, you uh, let me let me also add that you are co-host of Outnumbered Weekdays on Fox News Channel, and uh, you also contribute to all of the Fox News media platforms. So uh, I'm delighted to have you on uh, just uh, nine days before the election. So here we are. Uh, 80% of America thinks that America is going in the wrong direction. 
and we've got these progressive policies. We've, we're shutting down energy. Inflation is through the roof. Immigration is 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 soaring. Uh, I really don't know where to start except to say it's great to have you on. And, uh, you know, we heard, we heard some uh, debates this week, so maybe we'll start with that, Kelly. How about your assessment of the Hochul Lee Zeldin race for governor of New York? Well, Judge Janine, it is great to join you. Um, and, you know, that was quite something to watch. And, you know, with debates, sometimes you walk away with a really substantive takeaway, and there are other times where you walk away with just a general feeling about the debate. And I think the latter was the case for Hochul and Zeldin. Zeldin had so much passion, so much heart, so much fight, so much energy. And I think he was expressing the anger of a lot of New Yorkers who are scared to send their teenage daughter on the subway who just got out of college or, you know, their young 20s daughter scared to walk the streets late at night. He was expressing the frustration of a city and really of a state whereas Hochul was robotic, mechanical, and she, of course, had that line, why does he care so much, um, when he <laughs> talked about locking people up, which is one of those lines that can frame an entire race, much like McAuliffe saying that parents don't have a role in their child's education. And um, I'm going to interrupt you for one second, just so the listeners know absolutely that this is the quote. Anyone, this is Governor Kathy Hochul, anyone who commits crime under our laws uh, especially with changes we made to bail, which is like zero, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I mean, talk about clueless, but go ahead, Kaylee. This is crime. Kathy Hochul can't figure out why New Yorkers are concerned about crime. Go ahead. It's the number one issue. I mean, in most states and jurisdictions, the number one issue is the economy, but there have been several polls showing crime as the number one issue. So to stand on a debate stage and categorically dismiss the number one issue to voters uh, was crazy. But, you know, Judge, you're seeing this all across New York State. You know, I don't have to tell you this. You're you're here. You see it um, with that Sean Patrick Maloney race and Mike Lawler on his heels. I mean, the head of the DCCC, you know, the campaign arm of the Democrat Party, the thought of him losing his seat, which hasn't happened in decades for either party, it just speaks to the wave election that I think this is going to be. Yep. Well, you know what's amazing, Kaylee, is that the progressive policies have been the same across the country. So it's not like New York is different, but you're right. Crime, I believe, in New York is the number one issue. Let Kaylee, let's be, let's tell our listeners, I mean, I'm not really comfortable walking around New York, and I'm a New Yorker. I mean, I'm an in-your-face New Yorker. Um, and, but, you know, to walk outside and, you know, to walk a couple of blocks, maybe say you're going to St. Pat's or say you're going to Saks or anywhere. It's like, you know, am I going to come across a woman with a hatchet or a guy with a machete or or am I going to be collateral damage to a shootout? Uh, it is frightening. And for the governor of New York to say, you know, to be so arrogant, tone deaf, clueless is frightening but but the progressive policies are the same across the country which brings us to the fetterman oz race in pennsylvania fetterman too a progressive your take on that debate he is probably the single most progressive candidate in any race across the country put up by democrats which is why he's one of what 16 who's invited biden because he's one of 16 out of 600 who Biden is to the right of him, uh, you know, more moderate than, than the progressive left. But, you know, Fetterman, there's been so much said about his his health issues and, you know, his mental capacity. 
in that debate. And, and look, I think it's important to discuss. But I mean, judge and you as a judge have to be just appalled at some of the decisions he made. I mean, less than two weeks ago, he voted to let out a woman who tried to stab her roommate with scissors. This was the second scissor. Um, this was an attempted murder. The other one was an actual murderer. Second one, he's voted to let out. And, you know, he says these people are just like your grandma, just like your grandpa, just like yep. Morgan Freeman from Shawshank Redemption. This guy is in a fairy tale land as Philadelphia is descending into chaos. You see the images of homelessness on the streets. They're much like Manhattan, the crime wave that's going on there. Um, and you have this guy in a hoodie who walks around being the lone vote to let out murderers. The fact that he's even close to Oz is stunning to me, which makes me think he's not actually that close to Oz. You know, some polls show him leading most of them by a few points. And I, I just simply can't believe that. You know, Kaylee, uh, Kaylee McEnany, the, 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 the fact that 600,000, 640,000 have already voted. Uh, someone said the other day that almost a million have already voted. I mean, this is, this is the way the Democrats act. What they do is they hide in the basement like Joe Biden did during COVID, like that Trojan horse, you know, I'm a good moderate. And his wife just kind of leads him around once in a while, but he's too sick to come out, you know, in case COVID gets him. The same with Fetterman. He's hiding. He's not meeting with the press. And his wife is walking him around. Kaylee, I'm going to make an issue of his health. You know why? This country is divided more than anything. We need a fighter to fight against what is, you know, the the division in this country to try to come together to say, what are we going to do to make this work? And yet these wives are walking their husbands around. This guy Fetterman should be in rehab. He should be in therapy. He should be in some kind of cognitive therapy. He's under so much stress he could have another stroke. I mean, who are we kidding here? They are so desperate to have their progressive ideology out there. They'll they'll hang anybody out to dry, irrespective of how mentally, cognitively together they are. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, I remember you brought up, and it's such an apt analogy, Biden in 2020. I mean, we'd be taking off on Air Force One for five rallies with President Trump where I could barely keep up with the guy. <laughs> and you have Biden calling a lid at 9.30 a.m. I mean, I, I'd barely eaten breakfast, and the guy's, you know, back to sleep. <laughs> and, I mean, and all of these candidates think they can take a page from the playbook, but what has changed since 2020 is covid lockdowns are no longer with us. These arcane COVID rules in some places, they still are. But um, the the general gist is voters are saying, no, we're not going to let the hiding in the basement happen because we were stuck with the guy who's leaving us with 8% inflation and, you know, $4 gas prices. Yeah, the the, the amazing part is, and you know what, Hochul and uh, uh, Lee Zeldin, candidate for governor in New York, Lee Zeldin, I'll say it again, uh, you know, there there was talk about the, um, um, the, the the fact that, you know, the economy, the energy, we've got to be able to make sure that uh, everybody upstate and uh, as well as downstate is heard from. And the energy policies in terms of the progressives is something that they're, they're looking to tamp down the energy. And the amazing part is when Donald Trump was in office. Uh, you know, we we were a net exporter of energy. Inflation was one percent. Gas was two dollars a gallon. And now everything is through the roof. Inflation is what, eight point three. 
Uh, gas is four dollars again. And, you know, they, they say that, you know, Trump was a terrible president. And I don't want to get into that issue, but they always bring him up as Hochul did in her debate. You know, he's a Trump follower, so that's a terrible thing. You know, they should wish they had the economy. They should wish that we had law and order that we had with Trump. Yeah, the the problem is there's such a misalignment in their priorities. I mean, Hochul, like a broken record, to your point, Trump and abortion, that's all she said. I mean, but you look at every poll and abortion, you know, sometimes is a four, number four or five issue. I would argue there's a lot of pro-life people out there who care about it, who probably are are responsible for getting that uh, issue up there. But but every poll, it's economy, it's gas, it's inflation, it's crime, it's education, which largely come before their main priorities, which is why yesterday, you know, Biden tries to do this massive pivot to the economy, but it's too late. You know, we're 12 days away. You have no solutions. We've seen what you can do, which is destroy a country and an economy where, I mean, there were wage gains, real wage gains for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Latino Americans, you know, Asian, um, foreign born Americans. And this hadn't happened, um, you know, in decades, probably since the Reagan era. And it happened again. And it is so sad so sad uh, to just to see this economy run into the ground by progressive policies. Yeah. And progressive policies. And I've said this before. If you love America, if you love Americans, it would seem to me that you wouldn't shut down the pipeline. You wouldn't you wouldn't destroy the creation and the development of fossil fuels. I mean, it's just it makes sense. And yet they would prefer the left, the progressives, and it applies to all of them, to go on bended knee to OPEC, and OPEC is laughing at Joe Biden, not the rest of the world is, or now Venezuela to get to get our oil and energy. And as we approach the winter, I worry about seniors. You know, they're, they're on fixed incomes. Their income doesn't go up along with inflation and the price of oil and gas. I'm very worried, especially in the Northeast. It is It is a sad commentary. We talk about them being tone deaf. And, and arrogant. I mean, this is the ultimate tone deaf and arrogance when they're not worried about ordinary Americans and their ability, you know, to survive and to prosper. They would rather that we not prosper. Am I wrong, Kelly? No, you're not. You're not wrong. You know, I was on the border this weekend, about four miles from the southern border um, in a place called Westlaco, Texas. And I was there with Myra Flores and some of the other amazing Latino women on the verge of taking over those districts. And Myra Flores said, and I, I just, you know, I've said this before because I, I just couldn't believe what I heard from her. She said a single mom came up to her and said she had to take out a loan for school supplies. Oh I mean, think gosh. about that. And, oh, you know, these are these Kaylee. like, yeah, little loan places that you go to and you get in this trap and then you can't dig out of the hole just so oh. her kid could have school supplies. Oh, that breaks um, my you, heart. It breaks my heart, too. But this is the reality for many, many Americans, the elderly, single moms. They are always the ones that get hurt the most. You know, Kaylee, speaking of Hispanics and Myra Flores in Texas, I mean, you know, she really showed them when they were like the Democrats are like, no, not her, not her. And I think there was an there's an article. I think it's in town hall. Kaylee, you may have seen it. Uh, It's it's I think it's called. Yeah. Um. Meet the six Latina GOP candidates that are driving the Democrats nuts. Now, the (laughs) Democrats, you got to read that one. But the Democrats are out there saying, you know, 
It's a lie that the Republicans are saying Hispanics are moving toward the Republicans. Yeah, that's a lie. You have Joy Reid and the rest of the nut jobs over there saying that, you know, that is that is not anything that's true. But the truth is that Hispanics are very much like uh, the Republicans in terms of family and work and religion. And it's no surprise that we're seeing the Latina Hispanics um, who are Republicans winning and we're also going to be seeing more Latinos and, uh, you know, moving toward the Republican Party, along with African-Americans who moved when they had jobs under Trump. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you see it where, you know, Myra Flores, there's some polls showing her above in that race. Her district changed, so it became much more blue. But I think she'll pull it out. Um, her neighboring district, Monica de la Cruz um, in Texas as well. The Democrats have pulled out altogether, basically conceding that seat. Um, And then there are several others. You know, you're seeing Latinos move. Um, And what was interesting to me is watching, you know, these women talk. They're not just talking about immigration. People think, oh, the border immigration. Yes, important issue. But to your point, they're talking about these cultural issues. They're talking about the National Democrat Party leaving mothers and fathers behind who just want to send their school to learn math and science and English, not to learn about changing their gender identity or their pronoun. Um, you know, they're, they're totally not in sync value-wise with the movement of the radical far left. So I think you're spot on to say, you know, it's not just the economy. It's not just immigration. Important issues, no doubt. Uh, but you have a community that is largely just out of step with this radical agenda of, of really transforming our children. And, um, you know, the AOC, speaking of Latinas, uh, she is someone who, you know, we were talking about this on The Five yesterday. And, you know, she is a woman, uh, Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She she is is never happy with anyone. And, you know, she's always criticizing people. And yet, you know, she's always talking about, you know, making things better. And yet the one thing that she did was she made sure that New York did get did not get 25,000 jobs and made sure that the Amazon deal did not come to New York. Uh, so these progressives, I think, hopefully will have a, a comeuppance in the election. But but let's talk about what's going on with with uh, in the other Senate races across the country that could change the balance of power in the United States. Uh, we know Pennsylvania is key with Oz and Fetterman. Uh, the question is whether or not uh, too many people already voted. They started voting on September 19th. The debate was not until October 25th. So whether it was 600,000 or almost a million who already voted. Uh, but then you've got Herschel Walker uh, in in Georgia. Uh, and uh, what do you think about that race? There's been a lot of personal issues on both sides there. Yeah, I think that's going to to backfire. I mean, people have seen this stump before with Kavanaugh and many others. It's, it's the playbook. And, you know, Herschel Walker, anytime he answers these questions, he just seems very relatable, very down to earth, uh, easy to understand. And he just seems to get it. Um, and I think he did an extraordinary job in the debate. Um, and look, these personal issues, they're, they're trying one after the other. They tried again yesterday with the second you know, accuser on abortion. But I could I could tell you this: if you're if you're a pro-life voter, um, you know some of these pro-life organizations I follow, they said, okay, well, end of the day, I get a choice to vote for the person who's going to save millions of lives 
and the other one who's going to do abortion till, till birth, and I'm going to choose the former. So I, I think all of this is going to backfire because it just comes back, as we've said, to those bread and butter issues, uh, the economy, inflation. You know, Georgia should have never, ever, ever, ever gone blue um, in those Senate seats, and it did. I think those voters are going to come home and you know, Herschel, they're trying to hobble him, um, and he may be hobbling across the finish line, but I think that red wave is going to be that tailwind to push him over. It's only within, I think, two to three percentage points at this point. There was even a poll that showed him leading. Interesting. Uh, so in a tidal wave election, someone like Raphael Warnock, um, he might just get swept out the seat. Yeah, I don't understand why he got the seat in the first place. But you, you can't talk about Georgia, Kaylee, without talking about uh, uh, Stacey Abrams. Now, here's a woman who created tremendous division in this country, alleging that people were not allowed to vote based upon color. She is the one who promoted, you know, that the election was stolen from her, uh, that the gubernatorial election was stolen from her. And yet now, here we are, four years later, she gets a chance to run again. There's early voting. More people are voting in Georgia, apparently, than uh, early voting than they have ever and the truth is that uh, she's behind. So for all the division she created where, you know, race was injected and, 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 and people not being allowed to vote and voter suppression and creating all of that controversy and, and that, 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 that agony that we as a nation suffered from, she's not going to win that race for governor. No, she's not going to win that race. Um, she's losing a lot. Uh, another reason why I think Herschel will win the governor's race, um, you know, you have the sitting governor Kemp doing quite well. So I think he'll pull him over. But no, Abrams, I mean, what a fraud. Um, she staked her entire career on not conceding the election. Then she says she never did it. Um, now with this voter suppression, I mean, losing the all-star game for Georgia, yep. Yep. you know, the economy. Coca-Cola. Be- yeah, exactly. All of this sponsorship being drained small businesses losing out on that because of her fraudulent claim that, you know, along with the president, this was Jim Crow 2.0. Well, as it turns out, there's record early voting. There are no problems in the state of Georgia. There's just voter integrity. But it gets so frustrating because uh, you have these headlines that are salacious and accusatory. Jim Crow 2.0, the worst thing since the Civil War is what they said about Joe Biden said about this voting law. As it turns out, um, all is good. In fact, it's better than it was before, and the media just turns their head, ignores it. It's no longer an issue, um, but the truth has come out. All right. Well, Kaylee, uh, let's just hope that in the uh, the next, uh, what is it, eight or nine days, um, uh, that, that, you know, people get out. Uh, we're a divided country, as I've said, and uh, everyone needs to get out and vote. Everybody needs to recognize that their vote does matter. Uh, and I very much appreciate uh, your joining us on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Any any last minute thoughts that, that you want to share with us before we let you go? Just, I think it's so important to get out and vote, you know, whether you think your race is a safe one, not a safe one. Um, as we saw in Georgia last year where we lost the Senate in the special mm-hmm. elections, anything can happen. So get out, vote, cast your ballot. I already have. Oh, good for you. All right, Kelly McEnany, thanks so much for joining us and keep fighting out there. Thank you. Thanks so much, Judge. All right. And never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. It's the Judge Janine Show. This 
is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. I want you to make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. We love you. Bye. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.